LCK Fan Podcast where we talk about the meta league fans don't talk about. Whether it's about our favorite teams, competitions, or or just spilling some tea, we'll be sure to keep you entertained in the meta. So, uh, my name is Yuna, and I'm joined by my uh, two other lovely co-hosts. Girls, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Maxi. And I'm Anne. Come on, guys, you should you should be introducing yourself more than that. <laughs> Fine. Okay. My name is Maxi, and I am a big T1 fan, and I'm also the resident LCS fan here. <laughs> so I'm Anne. Uh, I guess if you're on Twitter, you might have seen my translations. Uh, so yeah, I have been a fan of T1 for a while. So I'm here specifically as a special guest. You might not see me. <laughs> Ever so, you might. So yeah, let's get into it. Don't worry, guys. We'll try to drag Anne back when we need her. <laughs> Even if we have to drag her out of the workplace. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be on our knees and beg, Anne, please, please join. <laughs> I beg of you. Well, these two girls are somebody. I'm basically a nobody. But my name has an EU and an NA in it. But... Sorry, not sorry. I'm actually an LCK fan. That's why we're in this podcast. It's an LCK fan podcast. It's all right. And yeah, to commemorate our first episode, and since Worlds has finally started, yes, Worlds has yeah. started. Yay! Our poor so, sleep schedule. Yes, we're all, um, all three of us, we stay in. Um, an Asian, I guess, time zone um, closer to KST. So basically, we have to um, sacrifice our sleep time and wake up as early as like what five a.m. in the morning, two a.m. for um, the play, the best of five plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, every time I look at myself in the mirror, I just see how how dark my under circles are, my <laughs> under eyes are. It's it's getting worse day by day. So for for me, a corporate slave who can't sacrifice sleep, I wake up to the games and then I have to watch the games when I commute. And sometimes I bump into wars when I walk because I'm busy watching. So yeah, that's has been our play ins, and then I guess we can do a bit of review for what has it has been like. Yes, we can. So basically, planes have officially ended, and I think a day, two days from now, actually, from this time of recording, uh, groups will officially start. So yep. let's let's have a look at what um, the meta, I guess, the competition meta that we see so far in planes, and whether it's going to translate into groups or not. Because I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like it's still too early to figure out what the world's meta will be. Yeah, yeah but plus, at least there are some picks that are coming up. That yeah, plus we do um, know there's that a new good. Yeah, and there's a new batch coming up soon, this week, I believe. So I'm not sure how they're gonna. I'm not sure how early they're gonna implement the new batch. Are they Are they using that patch? Nope. No. No. The whole of Wars will be on twelve eighteen. For the entire world. Yes. Ah, yep. uh, I remember. So, man, but. Well, we can talk about twelve nineteen a bit, 
because it's it's more fun actually. But so far, <laughs> yeah. so far, so far, this is what twelve eighteen looks like. So let's start with the top lane. Um, uh, with top lane, I love Aatrox and non Aatrox. You <laughs> are you are you riding with me? Yeah, no, I love Aatrox. Oh, it's basically like it's very gaming, but it's not Aatrox gaming. If you get him, you win. If you don't get him, you lose. I think nah. that's more the fact that the teams have not figured out which counter to play into Aatrox. To be honest, because okay, uh, we can talk about it more, and I can give some information because as of the time of recording, Flame has also. Do a bit of review of play-ins and what the meta is looking like, and I have his tier list here. <clears throat> so it would be interesting to like like counter into Aatrox, which uh, which he thinks is going to appear in uh, like stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, if do you guys want to get into that now? I mean, we can we can we can gloss over it because. For me, I feel like top lane meta is becoming more. And I mean, my my personal expectation, I I wanted to see more diversity, so I expected to see more diversity because you know Jace is buff. What else is buff? Camille is buff. Um, uh, yeah. Nara is staple. Gwen is staple. So like these are all viable. So why yeah. suddenly the Aatrox pick? You know. I have a hot take. Yes. Yes. Demo top can still work. <laughs> it can still like, truly believe in Timo Top. Okay. Isurus just had a bad game, but I truly believe Timo Top will still work. I truly what believe. Do you, what, do you say? What, what does he say? Never underestimate the power of the Scouts Code. Never yeah. underestimate the power of the Scouts Code. I spam yeah. that whenever I play Timo. Yeah. I can't believe it actually happened though. <laughs> yeah, but he lost. But I still believe he has a chance. Hopefully, though, Untara will be proud. Untara will be very proud. I oh, can hear him to... shouting already. Mo 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 mo. Oh, and let's go into your um tier list. Let's 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 look into it a bit. Okay, so uh, Flame had just this is fresh off Flame stream. So basically, right? Of course, Atrox is still S tier for him, but mm. in A tier, he has. Sejuani, Nar, Golden, Lenekton, Maokai, and Gragas. And then in B tier, he has Jax, Camille, Fiora, and Kenan. And out Ooh. of these, right, he said that they can be played according to the team's style. So mm. if, like, if you want a more tanky top lane, then they will go for either Nar. Or Odin, and then like Jax is an LBL specials that they would play into, that they would play into any lane, and then for Sejani is actually uh, a counter to Aatrox. Like they would pick, they would pick that, and then they would decide to lane swap to either Sejani top or jungle. So mm. that is an effective pick that he thinks might appear in group stage. Yeah, oh. so yeah, so like he even say that Maokai there might be some Maokai talk. Yeah. Which okay. is pretty interesting. Okay. I disagree with one thing. 
Renekton should not be high up. I do not <laughs> want to see Renekton ever again. The only time I want to see the croc is if it's Crocs. Oh! Okay. Okay. Because Jojo, Jojo wears Crocs? Let him wear his Crocs on stage. Please, Ryan. He's, he's already protesting by holding it while he bows down after I win. Let him wear it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree that I no matter what, I feel that Renekton is a trick pick. Even if you believe that you can build him well, you just lose. I agree with LS here. Renekton is not a good pick. <laughs> I, I don't like the other thing I don't understand until now, entire and the entirety of summer until now is the Sejuani top pick. I don't understand. So it's it's basically a, a it's Sejuani is picked for tank. For its tanking ability, I guess. Like I think Korean team plays her like really like a tank. So that is how they see it as uh, they still get some decent damage and engage, but at the same time, they need a tank and a fun line. So Sejuani is like used uh, some criteria, so that's why it's pretty high up the Korean tier list. It's, it's similar to the Jack's pick for LPL, like Jack's, because the LPL top laners are really aggressive and they can be aggressive with Jack's. So that's why it's an LPL special. So Sejani is like LCK specials, I guess. But the thing with Sejani, right? The moment I see her, I remember I like it brings me back to LCK Summer Split last year, where I think Cus was on Sejani, and then um, I think what is it? Owner on Poppy just altered him, and then the guinea pig starts flying over like the dragon. <laughs> I head. remember that. <laughs> Speaking, <laughs> speaking of speaking of jungle picks, since we're on the topic, um, I feel like since top is a more is going towards a more of like a power pick carry potential, then I guess the jungle picks tends to lean towards more gank or control champs. Like we see um, the Maokai, we see Hecarim, Jarvan, Trundle, some yep. Graves as well. What do you think, Maxi, mm. of the Graves? Mm, Graves. Uh, I'm kind of indifferent. Graves can is a good pick, but it just really depends on the comp, on the team comp. However, if they love ganking so much, why not pick the Master Yi? Oh. Pick the Master Yi. <laughs> come on, it's not it's not that hard. I I I, I mean for for me, I mean. I don't exactly like Hecarim, but at the same time, if you are talking about ganking and controlling in general, like, wouldn't Hecarim be really good? Mm. And and then, of course, it's worse season. We know what happens. Annual, Lishin, Pop. <laughs> so why are we not seeing it? <laughs> So that's that's another pick that I think it would works really well depending on the teams depending on the teams compositions. Mm. I guess so, it, de- yeah. it it's it depends on where they want to play or right? do they want to play through top? Do they want to play through mid? Maybe not bot lane. Bot lane is a question mark for me, but we'll get into bot lane in a bit. So should we go yeah. into 
mid lane mid lane mid lane is also a question mark for me but i see a lot of like if they want to opt for tank top like the nar or the gragas they can get a, a mid lane carry sort of or still control mages are still pretty relevant right yeah I mean, the bird spearman is good anytime. <laughs> hey, F Faker, um, for anyone out there who's also watching Champions Q like us, like this is our content while we wait for groups, right? Faker has been killing it, it with Azir, with like a DPS built Azir in Champs Q. Like, yeah. his damage is no joke. And Akali too. Akali yeah. is kind of the. <laughs> like handy specials so basically for the meets that have really good mechanics they would prefer to go Akali as well if if the comms demands some damage and I guess like like finishing touches so Akali is uh, kind of really good right now and of course we see how Zeka really dominated playing with Akali yay so I think it will be a frequent pick as well during during groups. So uh, we have talked about the the upper half of the map. So I think for me, right, these mm. picks is the picks of the upper half of the map is really dependent on the team style, right? Depending on whether they have a carry top laner or if they have a carry mid laner then they will play to that and then whether they want whether they want to have more control of the maps or they want to do more they want to gang more hmm. so those three picks are really dependent on style but we can like i guess when we come to bot lane i think there is nothing you can do about bot lane because it's really stale right now but I think so. I think the upper hat is more interesting. Mm, I, yeah, guess, yeah. I guess it's stale for since we're, go we're talking about bot lane, right? It's still in the champion pool that we've seen teams utilize so far. So we've seen yeah. a lot of misfortune. Caitlyn is mostly banned, but she um she's still pretty powerful because she got a buff in twelve sixteen, I believe. No, yeah, twelve sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twelve seventeen to twelve sixteen. And then yep. Aphelios, Aphelios Kaisa um, is also... So these three, Misfortune, Aphelios Kaisa is what we see mostly yeah. in play-ins. Yeah. But then we also we also saw the Seraphine, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. My opinion with the Seraphine, the first time I saw it was in LCS. I was very skeptical about it because I was like, why, is why, why are ADCs using Seraphine at the moment? But it works. Surprisingly, it works. In summer, like LCS summer, I believe. From what I remember, she has the highest win rate. That's how that's how much she works as for bot lane uh, as the carry. Okay, no offense to LCS, but I think that is just handy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, let me explain the rationale because the, when in a I think Seraphine is a stopgap measure for teams without like really high high ceiling mechanical ADC 
because it's a stopgap measure that you reduce the pressures on the bot lane and then you let your carry mid lane or top lane go about dealing damages and getting kills. Yeah. So I think it's a stopgap measure and it, it will end up being exploited in wars. So I think Seraphine, we have seen Seraphine, but I think it won't, she won't walk past group stage. Yeah, actually. I mean, she's an extremely safe pick in the bot lane, right? Because, like, she can sustain, she has TC, she can engage with her. Yeah, her poke is good. Her R is engaged, basically, her charm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is why, if. Okay, I play play in OCE region for Lee, and in in the low elo, you'd be surprised how many support bots you get. Like, you can tell whether an account is a bot when you only see four um, summoner's ID in the lobby. And as an ADC main, I always get stuck with the bot. Like, it's either a Yumi bot or a Soraka bot or a Zillion bot. So what I, what I have to do is I have to pick Seraphine so I can act, like, at least maintain myself in the bot lane. It, it works most of the time, but not in low elo, right? <laughs> yeah. But who knows? Maybe that's a mindset that the teams has as well. Like, you know... um. They, as onset, you can just foc- uh, put your focus as a jungler to just gank your top or mid lane, and then this, and then bot lane will be self sustainable. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I mean, Seraphine. That's the thing with Seraphine, though. So, what are the usual supports with Seraphine? So Senna. I think, Senna. yeah. So, so that's that's the thing, though. Like. We should talk about support picks now, and that's the thing. Like, the support picks that are good in this meta, like Alista or Nautilus, yeah, they don't go... I don't see them going that well with Seraphine, but you need mm. some... Engage support is what you need right now. Because the utilities one, except for Yumi, doesn't work. Because mm. you have... With utility, you have Yumi on top, and every every other utility support at the bottom of the chain. So it's... I believe a lot of people would ban out Yumi and then focus on the engaged support. So Seraphine just doesn't work in that kind of form, I guess. If, yes. If, unless you work it work her really well into it. And so, yeah, for me, it's also about the bot chemistry, I guess. So... Amumu, Leona, Alista, uh, Renata, Nautilus. So all those champs, they work well with the ADC picks that have appeared. So basically, Misfortune, Apelios, Kaisa, I guess Caitlyn, if she comes out, that might happen. But yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, so yeah, trash anyone? Carrier, trash anyone? Carrier, trash anyone? Oh, Guma, failure. Guma, Guma, Carrier, failure, trash. Oh my gosh. Yes. The Let's iconic do duo. Let's okay, do I'm it. Okay, I'm still holding on to hope of just one game of Caitlyn Lux, Guma, Carrier, but that's just a hope. Honestly, but even. Think... Oh, um. Honestly, it's not just Lux, it's also even Morgana works for Caitlyn too. Morgana is a, ca- is a classic combo as well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Morgana. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a classic combo. And Caria has played it once, I think, 
a few times, I think last last year, summer split as well, after the coaching staff change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was great because the Luxus ban, I think they, they took in Morgana and it they just dominated that lane. Yeah, so Morgana will work as well, I guess. Yeah. So, I guess so, yeah, Morgana still works. Yeah. But that's the thing though, like for Team T1, so T1 and then EDG as well, I guess. Caitlyn would be like permanent, permanent band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. So uh, I don't think we'll see Kathleen like in uh I guess LCK or LPL team might leave Kathleen open if they find the Aatrox band necessary mm. because the band the bands right now are quite fixed. So if they have to replace the Kathleen band with an Aatrox band, Kathleen happen. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's. Is I think it's either ban or first pick. Yes, that's right. B one or ban. And mm. okay, now that now that we're talking into bans, right? I think we can just start talking about the teams. Planes is over. Group stage in a few days. So let's have a look. Since now the groups are all fixed, and we can also talk about our expectation and also pickums, cause my pickums are ruined at this point. <laughs> <laughs> So so we finally have fixed um our the um the teams in our group stage. So group A will consist of C9, T1, EDG, and Fnatic. Group B will be um Jingdong Gaming, JDG, G2, Damwon Kia, Evil Geniuses. Group C consists of Rogue, Top Esport, uh Gum, and DRX. Group D, D will be Genji, Hundred Thieves. CTBC Flying Oysters. I put CFC for some reason <laughs> in my notes. And RNG. So, what do you think, girls? Mm. Can we leave Group A last? And then okay. talk about Group B, C, and D first? Let's go. So, shall we talk about Group B first? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll relate it straight away to our um, pickums. So, this is just the group pickums because yeah. uh, there's too much... Too much in the crystal ball, so we'll just yeah. go straight into our group. So, yeah, Maxi, who do you pick in the first, second, third, to fourth in order? In group B, who will go out? Yeah, who will go out? I, out? I, 100% believe that EG will get out of groups and make Copium. it to quarters. Copium. I don't care Copium. if it's high, high copium. I am breathing that. Mega copium. EG will get out. E- okay. EG will get out of groups, and they will destroy G two. Mark my words. So did you okay. put G two second? So my pickems in order are EG, Damwon, G two, and Jindong Gaming. Wait, you put Jindong Gaming last? Yeah. Hi, hi copium. That, Hi, that, Copium. Wait, I thought you I thought you placed them second. That is, you're you're intoxicated with Copium. <laughs> it, it's the NA, baby. EG will be first place. I mean, I, I can EG. I, I can I can see them going as second, but first is wow. I trust them. I trust them. They That's they can do it. They can do it. And what about you, An? Okay, okay, I'm not. On the EG copium, but okay. I think they still can get out of group. Okay, so my pick them was actually Jin Dong, EG, G2, Dam 1. 
So I have done one last. Fair? Why? Okay. Okay, so I I guess I only have to explain that one and why I put them last because they have not been performing well since the LCK Summer Playoffs. And mm. they have they are still using the strategy whereby they are interchanging Noguri and Bordeaux, which mm. I find a stupid strategy. So I'm hoping they crash and burn. Okay? Wait, wait, wait. Are you... Okay. Knowing how Worlds goes, there's gonna be at least one team that will have a high expectation, but they're gonna flop afterwards. Example being FPX last year. Do you think that the, DK, the, the, the possibility would be there for DK of them kind of flopping? Uh, I think DK flopping is actually quite expected. Like, from an Ooh. international... From an international point of view, like it's it's the name of Dam One Gaming, so they expect them to perform somewhat. But the pop LCK yeah. watchers would know that they have not been performing well, except yeah. for one qualifier games. So um, my expectation yeah. for them is not high, and and like even if I change my pick them, I don't think they get out of groups. I think the highest they can go is third. So my um, crush and burn pick is actually in group C, which we can get into later. Okay. So like I guess, but that's coming from an LCK player. But from for non LCK players, I still believe that there's still a high expectation for Dam One solely because they still have big names like Showmaker Canyon and Nogori. Yeah. So I guess like not getting out group is them crushing and burning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll put in my two cents. I actually. Mine is quite similar to Ans, but I actually did put JDG first. But I placed Dam one second, G2 third, and I'm sorry, Maxi, I put EG last. <laughs> no, I, I, I trust it. I trust EG. I trust how I trust Jojo Pion trying to like making an effort and like tilting the tilting other teams so they'll lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my, not my, sure. My... I'm not sure if you've seen the screenshots that they've been posting of how he is in all chat but it's crazy to the point oh, yeah. that, that Yaharong had to tweet like oh we won because I muted Jojo Pion in all chat <laughs> I mean the main reason why I believe Damwon can still make it out of this group is because the t- it's going to be a top lane meta-ish right this is just our prediction so I believe they will put Nuguri mainly in and Nuguri still can carry the team through his laning phase given if if coaching stuff if he's given the carry pick no, because just so the- far yeah because so far you guys saw it right in some respect yeah. he's just yeah. on St. Johnny duty poor guy yeah <laughs> I, was, I was i was gonna mention that he was always on St. Johnny. like i didn't watch i didn't watch all of their games but he like every time i watch it was like sejuani 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 yeah, yeah so so that it's not that I don't trust the five players. I have even gone back on my words about their bot lane. But I don't trust the DK coaching staff. Yeah, I feel like it's just a, such a waste of his potential as a world's champion top laner. Yeah. yeah. He's he's literally, in 20, 2019, 2020, he's literally, like, the name Nuguri is so feared in the top lane. It's, it's, it's synonymous with, like, what's his style of play again? He has this style of play where he just, like, Farm, he, he's an kills. In, he's an impenetrable wall in that yeah. sense. Yeah. So but, I still believe that they had that potential, but it's very hard to judge based on summer split, right? Because he's always on the tank duty, 
always on the Sejuani duty, always on the Nar duty, you know, he just because it's a very bot centric meta back in summer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's our pick them for group B. Mm-hmm. So, we, we will just have to see how it plays out. Yeah. And then, it's still early to tell. Yeah. So, if, as I mentioned, my crush and burn picks is in group C. So, it's actually top esports. Alright, so yeah. basically, my I'm on a lot of VCS copium as well. So my group C pick them is DRX, Gam Esports, TS, and Brock. Okay. Oh. Uh, so oh. this is my copium group. Your your VCS copium is very high on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, An oh. has to be very high copium for VCS. I mean, you're also high copium on LCS Maxi, so you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for my pick, I'm, I'm so sorry, Anne. It's DRX, TES, Rogue, and Gum. I- <laughs> DRX solely because I believe in Deft. I really believe in Deft. I really, really, really believe in Deft. <laughs> TES solely because of Jackie Love. <laughs> <laughs> This is this and, is Maxi's um ADC love um groups basically. Yeah, um yeah. for for the people listening, I the only knowledge I know about the game is in bot lane. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because I'm an ADC main and I'm too scared to play other lanes and Wait, we f- have three ADC mains here. Oh Yay! my god. <laughs> and then with the rogue, I believe that they'll be they'll do better than the last year. So like They've gotten stronger this year, especially with like Compen, especially with the addition of Compen Marang. Um, no- not enough to get our groups. Oof. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Rogue. And then with Gam, the only reason why I put them last is because I don't know how they play, so it's more of a gamble too. So mm. I don't know how they'll play. I don't know if they'll be good. I don't know if they'll be bad. So I- and I don't have that VCS hopium like on. So I just put them last, as like. That's like not because I don't believe in them, but more of like let's see how this goes. Yeah, mine is very similar to Maxi. I, I, but you just I just put top esports first and DRX second, simply because I'm actually a bit scared of top esports. Like everyone has been raving about um JDD JDG JDG because they are the summer split champions, right for LPL. Yeah, but I still have this lingering fear that top esports is still stronger. Well, LPL is very competitive, right? So either or, those two in the finals, they, they can win. But there were mistakes in team fight. Jackie Love was um, out of position, caught out of position. So it's but, like a matter of circumstance when it came yeah, to finals. Ma- yeah, for, for me, it's a matter of circumstances. And I still feel that top esports is still very strong. And the only reason why I put gum last is yes one is because of lack of knowledge even though i did watch the finals two is that i don't know if um everyone who listens in if you know what happened so there was an article that reported that due to um um the level of toxicity that um players from gum esports um presented i guess when they were in the korean solo queue they got their entire region banned from being able to participate in Korean solo queue. So I'm not sure whether that ban is significant, if there's a significance to their performance because they're not able to scrim strong teams anymore. 
I mean, they're still... Yeah. So, I'm not sure, but I am very happy that VCS is back in Worlds this year, and I do really want them to, you know, play well. But yeah, that's my main reasoning for putting them last. But yeah, top esports is just too strong. I guess uh I guess we we can just end off our group C prediction there. But I think I still gotta explain my BCS copium. Because <laughs> okay, basically right, um before the rollout of wars Actually, uh, what VCS, what GAM and Saigon Buffalo did in particular was that they formed an official alliance. Yeah, so what they did was they did the rollout together, they did the press conference together, and they also officially state that they uh, have been sharing screams, partners, knowledge and such so that they can elevate the level of performance that BCS can perform at Wars. Uh, apparently, they have some very good screen partners. Ooh. So, that is Ooh. my BCS copium. And I'm hoping at least that if they don't get out of groups, they would take down a giant or two. And then my, D- my DRX belief, because it's not copium, my DRX belief is really high right now after their performance in planes. Yeah, so that is the rationales of my pickdoms. And then I guess we can close it off there for Group C. So, um, we'll just quickly go through. I think for Group D and A, we're, we're kind of on the same page. Group D, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first with mine because I think everyone will have the same one. I put, okay, in, in, in this order, Gen G, RNG, 100 Thieves, and Flying Oysters. Mine is the same. Yeah, okay. Mine think- is also mine is also the same. Um it's- Gen G, obviously it's Gen G. Come on. Yeah, Gen G. <laughs> it's, no, it's not Gen G of the years of past, it's 2022 Gen G. Exactly. We have to yeah, we have to make it clear. It's 2022 Gen G. It's like Chovy. It's Peanut playing out of his mind the whole year. It actually it's all of them. Like Yeah. Doran is Doran has been getting better since summer. You have MV you have summer MVP ruler. You have like the insane support Lee Hens. And you got Peanut who's just playing out of his mind. And you got the Chovy. This and is then- basically this is basically the LCK twenty twenty two super team. It's what SKT T one did in twenty nineteen. That that lineup we have Khan. Clit, Faker, Teddy, Mata, and this is the 2022 LCK rendition of it. Yeah, yeah. Like Gen G is the only super team the entire year that worked. Oh, oh, so, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> seven million <laughs> vitality, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. yeah. With, with RNG, like, okay, I truly believe RNG is gonna flop because they always flop at Worlds. Oof. Sorry, RNG fans. But, like, I still I still think that they're strong, especially how they were in play ins. Yes. Yeah, so they, they, they usually get out of groups. It's, uh, it's like uh, RNG specials. They, even if they bomb out of groups, uh, they bomb out of worse, they would get to groups. I put 100 Thieves third. 
Because my hopium is higher for EG than 100 Thieves. I'm sorry, 100 <laughs> Thieves fans. Um, but like, I still believe that they can still get wins against like Genji RNG. Like, there is still a chance. Mm. It's just that, you know, it's Genji and RNG. Yeah. And then my reasoning with Flying Oysters, it's kind of the same thing with Gum, where it's like, I don't know how they'll, how they'll be. Like, a lot of people don't know how they'll be playing because like, it's their first time at Worlds, I believe. Yeah. So it it's is. like it's just a matter of let's see how this goes again. But for me, this group is where I put my hopes for upsets the most. I really, really, really want to see upsets happening in this group. I want, I want Hundred Thieves and Flying Oysters to prove me wrong. Yeah. Like, please do it. You can do it. If you can beat PSG Talent and Beyond Gaming, let's see if you can you can challenge Gen G and RNG. Come on. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, at, yeah. least, uh, at least, like, put up some good games against 100 Thieves and Genji and RNG, I guess. Yes. Like, yes. Let's see. Let, let's, show, uh, let's show your face, like, how Shaidong did during MSI. Yes. Let's go. Let's go seafood. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay! laughs> All right. All right. We're going to group A. Yeah. Yes. Who wants, who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Yeah. Because I think I have a very different view compared to everyone else. Ooh. Okay, so mine is obviously T1, EDG, Fnatic, C9. Maxi? I'm gonna disagree with you with that. Yeah, I know. Because I got T1, C9, EDG, Fnatic. Ooh. I, I have high, okay, high hopium for C9. C9? We're so strong in playoffs. I watch playoffs. They were crazy. They were crazy that I kind of broke down <laughs> as an EG fan. Just, yeah. And you have to remember, T1, C9, EDG is the same group that they had last time. Like, the last time they were in a group together. It was like, oh, yeah. yeah. And when that happened, didn't C9 get out of groups in- instead of EDG? Yeah, so I get it. You're saying the script happens. There's a script. There's a script. Because <laughs> I... Okay. Obviously, I hope you're from for T1. Just faker, obviously. And, like, the whole T1. But C9, Berserker is crazy. He's crazy. He's, like, the best ADC in LCS right now. Okay, okay. I would say but Viper, but I would not pop the bubble of hope right now. So, Yuna, go. I have to agree with An. <laughs> my mine is exactly the same. So uh my order is T1 EDG Fnatic and Cloud9. Historically T1 always made it out first in group stage, even if it's a one loss or zero loss. I still believe EDG is an underdog even though they're third seed um this year. Cause who knows, they usually just pop off out of nowhere. They weren't, you know, the favorites last year, but they ended up winning worlds, right? Yep. I have a soft spot for Fnatic just because mm-hmm. I watch their content. I lo- uh, Pete, <laughs> thank you. We love you. Yeah, I. they're shaky, but who knows? They may take a few upsets, right? Yeah, plus, like, because they're keeping Rux as a support, there's a possibility they'll just R- take... Rux, yeah, have Rux uh, playing sh- again. Shout out to Rux. You're awesome, by the way. Yes, I'm being performing really well. It's sad for me because he won against EG, but like having a win with Fnatic without like I heard they didn't have scrims with him. That's crazy. Rox, you're it's- awesome. If you're if you're listening, we love you. Good luck. You're awesome. 
Okay, okay. Also, my reasoning with EDG is like, it's to keep my expectations low because they have high expectations only because it's the same roster as last year and that roster won Worlds. Yes. So it's more of a, like, I'm gonna say it again. It's that it's a wait and see type of situation. Mm. And the only reason why I put Cloud9 last is because they are, they basically, after their finals, they were shitting on T1. Like, Fosh is like, oh, Zeus top diff. And then Jensen's like, I'm finally gonna clap Faker this year. And yeah, in the in the press conference, not, not, oh, not the on the Twitter. Conference. On Twitter, he's like, can't wait to can't wait. dot 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 dot. <laughs> Everyone's like, and say it! it! See, say I was it! like, the the scene and org was just like, ah, oh, here we go again. Yeah. I bet he's everyone... gonna play Cassiopeia again. <laughs> and then Faker's gonna Faker's gonna pull out the Syndra again. Or or Faker might pick the Cassio and show him this is how you play Cassiopeia. Because uh... that's be, because in, in MSI semifinals against G2, Faker pulled out the Akali in game three. And that's exactly the champion that Caps picked against SKT three years ago and they lost that game uh, and they won that game um, G2 won that game with the Caps Akali pick Faker is basically picking it into Caps and he just smurfed that game seriously mm-hmm. so yeah Faker yeah, doing like, Faker things the, who oh knows? my gosh the G2 won best of five the the, the winning fa- the, the surprise attack that they did on G2 was crazy I remember shouting we were all. Sh- I think we we all, we watched the game together. We were. Yeah, we were, I think we had a we watch party. We had a watch party. We're like, ah! <laughs> oh my god, five head, Google chat. We just sh- we were shouting out of our minds, basically. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see more of those plays later in groups. I like girls. I I can't wait. I can't wait. I I I am so psyched to like just waking up. At 4 a.m. in the morning, setting up stream, having a watch party, and just screaming through the games together. Mm-hmm. Worlds is hype this year. Worlds is banger this year. And I hope everyone who's listening to this podcast, save it in your calendar, set your alarms, be ready for Worlds. Because it's the one and only. See what- uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> I mentioned about this pot in the introduction of this podcast that we'll talk about the things that League of Legends fans don't talk about. I guess not the game meta, but the fans meta, the things that only us talk about, not the players itself. Maybe they do talk about it, you know, here and there, but I think only us talk about this. So there's this there's this one topic that the three of us has been wanting to discuss, and that is the K publication. Oh my gosh, this is a tongue twister. The K publication. K Popification. Pop yep, the K-popification of esports fandom, which is something that we've been observing for a while. And I'm personally concerned. Some people agree to it. I mean, they're okay with it, I guess. Um, okay. Co- uh, I had a poll on Twitter a few months back where I asked, what are your thoughts on uh, the K-popification of esports? So it was like, I'm cool with it. No, please, uh, or I don't care, lol, something like that. The winning, the answer that won was like, no, I don't like it. 
because um people also gave their opinions about it which i found very insightful so we're gonna take those opinions into the discussion but before we go into it i guess we need to define this right like what is a fan how do you define a fan and how does that extend to like either sports fan esports fan or k-pop fan what do you girls think and what do you think i mean for me right for me the line between a a viewers or watchers and a fan is kind of really thin. Once you watch a sports or an esports, it's really is doesn't it get really easy to get attached to the storyline or the players itself or the games itself. It's either the fact that the game is really interesting or their storylines, which is how I turn into an esports fan, mm. or just that the personalities of the player itself. But I guess I think of it as a viewers, as someone who is just casually and personally consuming the content. But once you actively consume the content, you look for it and you start watching watching it more closely in an active way. That's when you start being mm. a fan, not just for sports, uh, not just for esports, but for sports as well. And I guess we will talk about it later. But I find the line between sports and esports really thin. I think the way that fans turn into fans of a sport on an esport is really similar. Mm. Like uh, they they know about the game itself, they know about the sport itself. They start watching some things casually, and something just catch on, and then that's how you become a fan. Maxi, what do you think a fan is? Um, like going back to what Anne said, there's like a difference between just being a watcher and being a fan. Being a watcher, it's just like you're just spectating the games but with fans it's like you're you're not just spectating but you're openly showing your support for the team so yeah that's pretty much the the point of being a fan just supporting just supporting like in in the terms of esports or sports in general being a fan is just being there as support like you're cheering them on you're actively like you know as a watcher you're just there to spectate to see who wins or who loses but as a fan you're like there just hoping and praying that the team that you're watching the re- the, re- the team who's the reason why you're watching is like gonna win there is an as long as as soon as there is an emotional investment it turns from a viewer into a fan okay that's how i that, see that, it that's that's actually not it, it not even just like emotional. Once there's a bias present, that's when you become a fan. Once you get an inkling, that's a very good. Once you get an inkling to someone or something, I guess you became a fan. Yeah, it's like if you ask someone who's watching a game, like, "Oh, how do you think this will go?" There, a what? Uh, a spectator will just be like, "Oh, I just want to see how the, how the." I just want to see the outcome of how things will go. But if you ask a fan, how? how they are as they watch the game. They're just gonna be like, oh, I want this team to win. That's where you can see the stark difference between the two. It's the the same applies to K-pop, right? They are not just listening to music, but they are actively investing themselves in the artists, in the music, in anything that the artist done or is doing. So who's here is a K-pop fan? I'm raising my hand right now if you can't see it. (laughs) I have my oh. bone on my hands and also my feet raised. <laughs> I actually got into esports through K-pop. Which, team? Which group? Okay. Which group? Um, back in November 2020. I, I know I, where this goes. 
Yeah. Um, the very popular group BTS has a variety show called Rod BTS, and they had a two episode uh special where they had their first guest who were gonna play with them, and that guest happened to be twenty the twenty twenty roster of T One. And the reason, like they said in that in the first episode, the reason why they got T One was because BTS had. BTS had members who are fans of Faker, who are fans of T1. Through through that exposure, that's how I found esports, like how big esports was and what the game actually is. So Maxi is a BTS fan. And are you are you a BTS fan as well? Um I'm a fan of this group that Alcaria loves called Tomorrow by Together. Uh yeah, so okay, when it talk you talk about me as a K pop fan, my age is showing here, but I have been a K pop fan for about fourteen years. Your age is showing. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I guess your first group is like what, Super Junior, Big Bang? Um Shiny. Okay. Uh, if you count if you if, if you count how old Shiny is, that's how long I have been in K pop. I'm good okay, I'm gonna give you some some, I'm gonna make you feel extra old. When Shiny was very, very, very active, I haven't even graduated from grade school. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. See, how could you? That's a chaos stride. <laughs> oh, no. That, 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 that's that's a full build kale. That personal attack was like kale on full build with, high, with full stacks. <laughs> so pretend that doesn't happen and continue with my train of thoughts. Kale with Kraken Slayer. Oh my gosh, the oh. damage on that man. Level 16, level 18. Level... Alright, then I shall proclaim that yes, I I I love Shiny. I love BTS. Listen to their music. I like Super Junior as well. I'm actually a fan of this group, which is not very well, like globally known, but they had a very supportive and loving fan base called Honey Ten. Um I'm a fan of a group called Uptension. And guys, Uptension is coming back on the 12th of October 2022 with mini album Codename Arrow. Please give lots of love and support. All right, that's that's all for my TED talk. I, I love I I love the random advertisement. <laughs> Some someone got to promote sponsored, it, right? Not sponsored, by the way. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. This is just me. <laughs> not sponsored. Disclaimer. Not sponsored. All right. Before all, before all we on, get a strike. <laughs> all on you now. All on you yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disclaimer. Not a sponsor. Just a very loving and supportive fan. All right. All right. All right. All right. Before I get before I get copyright strike. So Maxi has touched on this earlier. Esports and K-pop, two very very distinct fields, very different fields, far from each other. How did they suddenly merge? It's, which it's a it's a very interesting topic to talk about, right? So yeah. Maxi has ex- um, mentioned one earlier. So T1 actually guested in um, Run BTS, and I think all of us watched that. Uh, those episodes and they were really really fun but there are other instances as well yeah and like for example if i remember correctly exo Beckian, like he's a really big fan and also he is kind of an honorary member of gen g pop g team if i'm not wrong so that's that's the kind of thing that happens and actually there is a lot of Esports exposures with K-pop right now, like for example, they have this whole festival thing that they do every autumn. They have like a sports competitions, and then during oh, that, they Isaac, have the in, um, 
Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, and then uh, ISAC. So they have that, and then during that, they have eSport competition as well. I think it's mostly PUBG and Card uh, Rider. Yeah, I think that the exposure with regards to eSports is coming from the fact that online entertainment and K-pop entertainment are getting more exposure. Esports also get no. more exposure from that as well. No, plus like, in the context of South Korea, esports is pretty much ingrained in their culture, starting from StarCraft. Yeah, so... It, it's, it's just so normalized that if, like, say you're a Korean, it's not surprising if a K-pop idol is like a fan of esports. Yeah, I think it's, it's more about the fact that like we are experiencing the second Hangyu, so it's a yeah. second uh, Korean wave, and yeah. then like there are just more Korean media media exposure in general. So you see a lot of esports exposure as well, together with the fact that the gaming industry is just growing in general, together with K-pop, Korean esports and esports in general do see more exposure in Asia, and like for example, recently in the ASEAN game as well, and. The upcoming Asia game, they have an esports category. So all these mainstream exposures are how casual fans and casual gamers get to know about esports. And really, the exposure through K-pop is also really big as well. Like for example, if we talk about Maxi Case, I have heard of other BTS fans who also have gotten into T One through that variety show as well. Yeah, and like it's not. As little as you think. Like, when I first started out, it's like, majority of the T1 fans that I met were like, oh yeah, I got into T1 because of that because of that run BTS special. So it just, that's how much impact BTS had when it came to T1. And BTS impacts in general, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, also, if you want to flip it the other way, right? A lot of these emerging um, esports players, let's talk League of Legends and LCK in general, they have expressed love towards um, certain K-pop artists like Karia is an avid fan of Espa and Tomorrow by Together. Faker has expressed like his love towards Red Velvet and Base Rebel and then um, Showmaker towards Sunmi. <laughs> right. And a fun fact about Karia back in like their flight when they were in the airport on the way to their flight for for Iceland. There were pictures of Carrie holding, I think, a winter photo card. It no. was it was in his bag. So cute. Yeah, I, I, he yeah. Was, yeah, I think he was putting it in his bag. Yes, I remember that. Oh no, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh my gosh. So like he would like if you watch his streams, he would play Tomorrow by Together song, he'll play Aspa songs. But let's just say the other boys will do that as well. If it's not their other playlists. And there are like trendy trendy K-pop songs that usually pop up. In owners or Zeus or group yeah. stream as well. In turn, right? Because esports, uh, the esports people are expressing like their love and support. The aforementioned um, artists, they they became fans as well. Like last year, Sunmi actually made a world's theme song for um Damwon Kia Baekhyun. I spelled that wrong, but yeah. But he and Raiden and. Changmo, right? Changmo. So they actually collabed to um, produce Runner, which is T1 uh, theme song in 2020 throughout 2021. We, uh, and T1 has a new one upcoming, guys. Released um, today is the 6th, tomorrow is the 7th, 6 p.m. KST. Uh, Last Man Standing by The Boys and Raiden will be released. So please listen to it a lot. It's probably going to be better than Star Walking. Not sorry, not sorry, Lil Nash. <laughs> 
I like how you said not sorry, not sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, my confession mm. is that I really don't like the world's anthem. Uh-huh. I can go on. I, I can go for an hour about it, but I shall not do it. I shall hold myself back. Uh, okay, my my com- I'll I'll keep all my I'll keep a lot of my complaints about Star Walking to myself. But <laughs> my main complaint is it's not as like as hype as like as compared to other songs like Rise or um Take Over and like the music video only only showed four four only featured like four players and one of them isn't even in Worlds this year. Yeah, my main gripes is also with the music video itself. Like I, I think the song is just the song is good by itself, but the music video sucks and it brings down the quality of the song. Here is what every single this is what I see from casters, players, and majority of the League of Legends community. <laughs> song in fa- a song in vacuum, good, good, um, a good hit. Song as a League of Legends twenty twenty two Worlds anthem, meh. That's no, it. plus like I remember hearing like this song wasn't even written for Worlds as compared to the other yes. songs like Takeover and uh, Phoenix. This is a song that they got from Lil Nas X, and they're like, okay, let's turn it into the world song. Like, they, they did that with um, Warriors by Imagine Dragons in 2014? Yes, 2014. Yeah. It fits so well. This is not it. But let's yeah. just keep it there in case uh, President Lil Nas X comes for us in this podcast. So, yeah. Please don't take Nudir away from yes, us. Yes, please don't take Nudir away from us. I, I, I don't play jungle, but that skin is... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Lil Nas X. Oh my god. <laughs> we love you. I I I I shall hold myself back. Oh. Also, didn't Riot Music also feature a lot of K-pop artists in their um I guess digital artists? KDA. 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 I love what they did with KDA. Um what's the title of their first song? Uh, um, pop Star. Pop Stars. Pop stars. I like I really like what they did with pop stars was because since they're two um members of is it pronounced G Idol or Idol Idol Idol, Idol. Idol. they're two members of Idol were, are like part of KDA being Akali and Ari they had Idol perform they had the whole group Idol perform pop stars and I really love that performance and then that extended to True Damage as well but only Soyon as Akali featured in that but True Damage song yeah. has been good as well please Riot please give us another release we are just waiting for it don't keep them in the basement get them out please get Kiki Palmer again please yeah. get Kiki Palmer please again please get KDA and True Damage out again we're just waiting here <laughs> but anyways KDA waiting room let's go we also ha- since we talked a bit about um, K- uh, a K-pop fan esports fan and I guess to a certain extent a tra- traditional sports fan what do you see like difference wise similarity wise do you see more differences or do you see more similarities I see mm-hmm. 50-50 of each I guess but yeah. I'll tell you a bit about what I found but I want to hear what you guys think about it first Oh, I, mm. I, I oh go, you go. Okay, let me go first. So I think the major the major difference between esports and sports fan and K-pop fans, I I think there is one major difference, but it's uh, it's a really big difference. Basically, I think it's the whole parasocial relationships. Because when you are a fan of 
a team on esport organizations. It's really about uh, the history, the storylines, and a lot of the time you are the fans of the team itself and not just a particular players. But with K-pop, mm. right, you really get attached to the personalities and there is a part of social relationship forming. Basically, it's a one-way relationship. And you feel emotional attachments and you feel like they are the friends, but it's not vice versa. So it's a mm. relationship. So that is why it's called para social. So I guess I, I see it, it's 99% of how K-pop and that they get attached to the personality, to the idols, to the celebrity themselves, other than like, for example, attached to the company or the group, which doesn't make sense anyway. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, if I say I'm a fan of T1, and then when next year I'm touching wood, I'm touching a lot of words right now, if player changes, I don't think I would not be a fan of T1 unless there are major collapse changes. So I see that, but for example, if my certain favorite members of a group that I like leave the group, I would not be a fan of a group anymore, which is what happens to me. So I think that is the biggest difference. But otherwise, fans really operate do operate in like in the same way, like how they are so passionate about what they love, what they are a fan of, and then they they form community and they show a lot of support, whether it is be to the musicians, to the celebrities, their sports team, to their esports organizations. I think passion is still there. It's just the social aspect of it that is really different. I I just want to say, speaking of parasocial relationship, I am crazy in the head and I truly believe that I... And Mary Tukumayushi and we own a farm together. See, see, guys, this is what this is what parasocial relationship does to you. So, fear, uh, listeners, <laughs> please be careful with how you fuse um, whatever you're a fan of. Delusional. Please don't be delusional. <laughs> this is what happens. Maxi happens. <laughs> I'm saying this ironically, by the way. I I don't truly believe that I am married to him, <laughs> but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But Dis- okay. disclaimer, disclaimer. This is just Maxi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer. I'm putting the disclaimer. Big letters. Disclaimer. I mean, um, like the difference between K-pop and sport, K-pop fans and sports fans is pretty. Like they they're very passionate. They're very supportive. I guess it's all it's the allocation of their energy. Uh, I think allocation is the right word for it. It's like how where where they put their energy the most. So it's like with like an example with K-pop is like when they're so adamant about streaming, like oh stream this song so we can hit the charts like this like that. And uh, I- I'm trying to think of another example for for esports, but like maybe the, the, the streaming st- hours, I guess. I guess, and then like with. The similarity, it's like at the end of the day, they're just supporting who they who they like. It but it also like comes with with fan interactions. There are similarities with how they interact, especially if it's like fans of different groups. Like with K pop, it's like there's a different interaction with fans of different groups and like esports being fans of different teams. They're pretty much the same. It's just context is in a way different it just really depends i guess the who who they put on the pedestal is different i guess yeah. yeah yeah um i mentioned a bit about what i 
search. I I literally type difference between K-pop fan and sports fan. So there are differences such as um, marketing. So you know how as we are all K-pop fans, we're familiar with the terms uh, V Life or V App, and then you know membership kits if you are a part of the fan club. Um, the fan sign cultures, if you're lucky enough to win a ticket from the album purchase, cafe events, and yeah, so these are, I guess, strategies that companies use to market their their groups, right? And it's not something that you really see in s- traditional sports, I guess, because traditional sports, they do put out like merchandises, but it's not like you are pushed, you know, as a, um, by, by the club to purchase it it's just if you're a big fan you're gonna buy it if you don't want to buy it it's fine but i actually found through through the search that a majority of the community agrees that it's actually more similar than i think personally as you girls have touched so it's showing passion towards the team almost to the point of fanaticism like we see this in t1 as t1 fans we actually experience this firsthand right we see it in g2 as well and TSM. I believe like these three have the most like avid fan in LCK, LEC, and LCS respectively. Of course, TSM is a bit like TSM. TSM. You always hear that chant in groups, no matter whether TSM makes it or not. And I guess they have not officially entered the LEC yet, but K Corps. Ooh mm, yes, yeah. I, I, I I have heard that K Corp fans are on a different level, on another level. Yeah, that is the story that I have heard. I not have not witnessed yeah. personally. But yeah, that's how it goes. Like all with you see the all with more fan fans is also where all the fanatism happens. Because mm. there are more people, so there are more passion condensed into the space. So why I mean so that is how all the, I don't want to say it, but toxicity happens. Because yes. you, you get a real, your, even if it's a vocal minority, the minority is big. So that's how it, the toxic behaviors get uh, multiplied. And like, for me, these are not only happening in eSports, because it's happened in sports as well, you know how, how the story of crazy fans happen in traditional sports. That's, yep. that's In traditional po- sports, that is the first example of in modern day of how extreme fanaticism can really be damaging. So mm-hmm. that is really similar between like traditional sports and how eSports and also K-pop have developed I know K-pop is on a really different level, but fanatism, it's just, we, we, see, we see example of it everywhere. Oh, I, I can definitely attest to that experience because I'm a fan of a smaller group, right? And the minority of haters that masquerade themselves as fans, really, it makes you believe that they are a larger group, but in fact, there are, it's just a minority. So it's really scary how like, how far the the extremities of like a fan can go and how does do you think these i guess we talked a bit about like fan cultures and you know the marketing side of it and how they behave their passion i feel like on towards esports i see more of the impact like these recent a couple of years compared to the previous years especially talking in lck alone because 
we see a lot of like these fans more preferently in LCK, and maybe to a certain extent in LEC and LCS. Do you think that K-pop is changing how fans, I guess, their culture and how they react in the current year? Um, I, in my opinion, kinda in a way, but it depends on the location of the region. Because since K-pop culture pretty much is pretty much rooted in Korea, you could see how it could be similar in LCK because it's already ingrained in the fan culture in Korea. The, it's it's different in the case of West on the Western side, say like L- LCS and LEC, because the the fan culture in at in the West is pretty much like different from how K how K pop fanaticism is. I guess it's really region specific. Yeah, yeah, because because for me, right, I, I have been in. In particular, Korean esports for about I guess six years now, five to six years. So I believe that it was a gradual change. Like I, I know a lot of things that stem from K-pop itself. It didn't really happen until like really recent years. Like for example, the advertisement billboards thing, and then the cafe events, and then the the printing of goods, and especially the photocards. Mm. It really doesn't happen. Until recently, and I mean, the most recent example that I can think of is the membership kits thing. Like, it has not happened in esports before, but this year, suddenly, four LCK decided to release their own membership kits. So, mm-hmm. T1 our team did release one. Actually, they yes. released two. We are in the. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they did the yeah, they were the term. second one, yeah. Yeah, they yeah released Frontier's the second, second one, one, right? And then yeah, I, Frontier I, Second. Yeah, I know that uh Freddie Brion also did, KT also did, and Leaf Sandbox. Yeah. So I know it's merchandising, but membership kits are something really specific to the K-pop controls and K-pop fan clubs itself. Yeah. So I see that as a shift in really recent years, maybe from 2020, 2021 onwards. Like those kind of things pops up then. But before that, I don't see it really prominent because what I see is that previously in esports, they really treat esports as just another sport, especially for Leagues of Legends. And okay, a bit of Korean history lesson here. It started with StarCraft. So in StarCraft Day, because of the fact that it was a really new cultural thing and they didn't know how to call the player, it started with the term player as a loan word in English, but the end, mm-hmm. they have ended up calling the players as athletes. So the word that they use to call esports player and athletes in Korea is the same. And it's Sonsu. So they have been user, using that since the 90s or early 2000s. Like they, in the early days of Korean esports, they are really treated as another athletes as the sports as esports continue to grow so they are staying in the team house they are training according to their seasons or their tournaments they have coaches there is really not much of difference culturally in korea between traditional sports and esports but in recent year from the model of itself they have pivoted 
into really entertainment area with like a lot of merchandising that are similar to take K-pop convention the ship kits. And I see it as a recent change. It was really gradual until you look back in hindsight and it becomes something that is really drastic. It's basically I... a way for a companies to increase revenue, right? Yeah. Can I interject also? Mm. When when An mentioned how esports teams are pretty much like traditional sports teams or they're in the they train together, they're in a team house, they have coaches. I say, hey, that kind of sounds like K-pop. They they live together in a dorm. They train together, and their training is pretty much seasonal, depending on when their comeback is. So you know, there's still a similarity in a sense. Context is just different. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. I guess it's it's really comes down to the marketing itself, because it's it's how you market it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because it's really as I mentioned, it has really. Turn away from the traditional sport model and become more idol model in a sense, which can be concerning. Cause now, now that we uh, that we have this consensus that all right, since esports fandom has leaned a bit towards or have been merged as well with keep I guess K-pop fan culture, then these fans, right, esports fan that are slightly merged have they gone too far with you know as k-pop fans we've seen so many things happening in the k-pop scene and we started to see these similar events happening in esports as well which is meant to be two separate um fields right with their own cultures with their own like systems in place i guess but yeah let's talk about about these events a bit because I guess the first thing that I think about on the top of my head is in in K-pop, I do see fans like I myself, I'm not I'm not like innocent from this. I'm also guilty of this. Um they we tend to like pressure um uh the agencies to give them better treatments, better promotion and you know, it's it's a pressure, right? It's a pressure onto the agencies and in turn, it's also pressure on the artists. I also see this in in esports where you know fans are pressuring the teams to perform well, especially in the regular season, so they can actually go to the international stage, right? Yeah. And if you talk about goals, uh, I think K-pop has also developed towards very goal-oriented culture, even though mm, they are yeah. in entertainment, because you you know the pressures of a K-pop group to do well, to chat well, to sell well. I mean, it goes back to what I mentioned with K-pop fans, like, adamantly telling everyone to stream, like, a certain K-pop group's song for it to so chart. The, the focus on goals and the pressure to do well, in that sense, it's getting really similar that the, the fans themselves are putting kind of uh, collective pressures on the organizations themselves. And I guess in K-pop would be the agencies. These are the kinds of... I guess if you talk about if it has gone too far, I agree that for fringe cases, it really does feel very far. Let's find a good example. Okay, so if I don't know if you're 
you two are still familiar with the scenes, but the K-pop basically has a big tree, right? The traditional yes. big tree. So then yeah. the newest girl group for one of the big three, which is JIP, their name is Nmix. And yes. they are a rookie group that have already released two songs. But the pressure on them was really immense to sell well. And because their second song is still not doing well, they are being co-flopped or that they are not doing well. And like the communities, I, I'm not in the fan communities, but I've seen like YouTube comments spills out that call them flops, not doing well, calling the company to choose better songs, calling for the groups to do more events. So that is the kind of pressure that because of the legacies, because of the history that is already present, they get really precious. And I see the parallel of that with, for example, our team. Because yes. we do have yeah. really young players in our team. We are technically in the, the second war where four of our five players have played together. So that is basically a one-year period. But the pressure for them to do well is really immense from yeah. all over the world, not just in Korea. So I see that kind of pressure as really goes towards the extremes and it might even be negative if that pressure turns into something toxic materially. It actually has turned toxic, right? We listeners and three of us, if you watch Summer Split LCK, um, T1 didn't actually do... They did well. They still... Um, were like what their second in the regular season right but compared to their performance yeah. in spring it's a downgrade but it's not like too bad of a downgrade i personally kind of they are oh, 15 like, I, I kinda, yeah i i i expected it, it's better than last year yeah i expected them to have a drop after msi because msi is just it's just taxing i i still think it's not necessary it's just a bonus right for me because regionally, regional um, um, championships are still um, more important going into Worlds. MSI for me, yes, it's international, but it's a bonus. So because yeah. of the drop in their performance in summer, the roster, the team, they're getting so much flack. They're getting so much hate because they lost to Genji, but that's like one-to-one -one in regular season. They won one game against Genji. They lost one game against Genji. And they lost and not, against not Lift Sandbox team. as well. And not to knock on our team, but the team that we lost to, like for example, Sandbox and Genji, they are really doing well this particular sing summer split. So, like as Yuna said, I don't really get the kind of pressure that fans are trying to put on them because it's really not justified if you look at the result as a whole. And I'm a very sport-result-oriented person. I, I just look at the result. If you look at it in that way, they are second in the regular season. They are 15-3. They are the runner-up. So their win rate is actually really high. And if you look at it in a result-oriented way, it's not bad at all. So yeah, why is there it's such pressure? And I think the pressure to do well, as I mentioned, is it's because of the legacies. It's because of the history that we have. Which is, as we draw the parallel to K-pop, it's in a really similar sense that Rookies who come out from big companies have to do well. It's like rookies coming out from our legacy organizations have to do well in esports. So there is a lot of similarities there. And like, okay, 
I'm really happy that T1 broke that record in spring. But I feel like because of what happened in spring, the uh, there are some fans who just kind of forgot that losing is okay. Like, it's normal to lose. At the end of the day, the team is still human. So they're not robots. Yeah. You can't blame... Like, sure, they could have bad plays every now and then. But that's because they're human. They're not bots, you know? So, yeah, it's like... There's so much expectation on them. It's just, you know... It's okay to lose every now and then. It, it It's just part of the process. And I guess they just forgot that this is an extremely young roster. They forgot that, yes, Faker is... 26 this year but all all of the other rosters are barely 20 and barely reaching 20 actually Zeus is 18 this year all of the other uh three are turning 20 this year in in western countries they're not even legal you know how and average Zeus is, a- is the second lowest in world, <laughs> we Only are extremely they, young. Yes, this roster. Yeah. They forgot that this roster is extremely young. It it's overshadowed by how talented the members are, right? But people who watch, fans included, don't give them slack. And maybe even some of us are guilty of this. And we just have to keep like I have to keep reminding like other people who are watching with us that hey, I know you're you have criticisms and you're frustrated, but you know. Sometimes you just have one of those days where you're just not doing well, and that is that. There's nothing you can do about it. You can complain all you want, you can be angry all you want, but in the end, what you're doing is basically putting a lot of pressure, a lot of stress on these these boys, right? Yeah, and like, imagine being in Zeus, in the shoes of Zeus, just turned 18, has so much pressure on his shoulders, and he has to deal with not it's not even just criticism anymore. It's hate towards him and and the rest of his team. Like at the age of eighteen, I was just crying over my college um subjects. I cannot handle what he is going through. And speaking of hate, right? I wonder if some uh if you listeners and uh, you two girls have read it. So Joe Marsh, the CEO of T One, recently uh penned I guess an open letter in the Players Tribune. And he actually addressed this. So I took this quote out of his article. There's a place for criticism, for for frustration. I get that. If you're mad at T1, be mad at me. I can take it. But I look at someone like Gumayushi, who's 20 years old. 20. He's carrying so much on his shoulders and is so hard on himself that when people come after him, he can't help but feel down. He knows that he has a tough slip, uh, split. And he's one of the most confident young men I've ever met in my life. But I know some of the messages he received have hurt him. This is Guma Yushi, our bot lane AD carry, who is known to have such great of a confidence. He is proclaiming his, himself as the best ADC in the world, and we believe him for sure. And he, ha- and he has the nickname Guma Chad. Yeah. Or something like that. To be hurt by this. If you're someone with... Technically, when you see someone with like super high like ego i guess confidence a chat you wouldn't be bothered by this but he is bothered by this imagine what mess what those messages look like and we don't we did read some i guess twitter posts in korean that are flaming the players flaming the orc flaming joe 
flaming the coaching stuff and it hurts and that's not I didn't read everything. I only read a few and like I couldn't deal with this anymore. You know, how, how are you, why are you doing this? Are yeah, you a fan? No, you're not. Be glad that you don't understand Korean. Yeah. Because it's you know, I guess myself included and some of the fans know Koreans who have read what have been written on Invent, on FM Korea, on DC Inside. Those are the kind of posts that really doesn't help one's confidence. Those are the kind of posts that are compiled in PDF and sent to lawyers. Those are the kind mm. of posts that Faker said should not be present in eSport at all when he when he made that that court case. So just for context, right? Recent as recent recently during spring uh, during spring between spring and summers I don't exactly remember the time, but basically Faker has his Faker and T1 has their lawyers submit a court case in South Korea to sue malicious commenters. And let's not talk about internet free speech or anything here. Those are the kind of comments you really want to bring up in court. They they curse against their family. They really go in and use really horrible languages in general. It's not about using oh you suck it's sometimes insulting their family it's sometimes saying they should die so those are the kind mm-hmm. of posts that gets really toxic because of the fact that they believe in some expense then they because of the fact that their self-identification with the team is so strong like their whole identity is tied to the fact that they are a fan it turns into this extreme fanaticism that end up that they turns again what they what they like themselves just because the team is not winning. So it's they sometimes just really don't see it that way because the internet is anonymous. It's not exactly anonymous in Korea. You have to yeah. have an ID to post there. So but it happens in the international community as well. I guess we can go into that later, but we are still yeah. on the topic of T1. But those are the kind of comments that Guma Yushi sees. And it's the kind of comments that is in his language that he sees as he opens a really common forum, like some like similar to us opening Reddit or Twitter. Yep. So it's really easy yeah. for him to see it. And I get that is what Joe has mentioned in this particular case, those are the comments that can really bring the player down. And it's a kind of fanaticism that I think we should really condemn. I, I, I agree. Because I, I feel like the best sort of support to give someone... I mean, yes, there is a place for constructive criticism. But in a space where your direct action has no influence, the best thing you can do is give, if, is be kind. But because yeah. you're so... Like self-identified with this team, with this org, with their legacy, that you believe that oh, it's my support that helps them get these achievements, and when they don't, you know, reach your expectation, you just chose to hate on them. Like this is this is not something to you. You should be doing, you know. They they became privileged in a way. Yeah. Like in in in. And in this case, you just kind of... You don't even wonder why they're not that active on social media. I mean, they're still active, but not as active as 
as Western players, so like um, Fudger, Vulcan. And actually, even this sort of toxicity towards player, it's not just limited to LCK. I was watching um, Kadrel's clips the other day. By the way, Kadrel, we love you. We love your channel. And we love your streams. And I saw one of the clips that is titled Kadrel on some fans being toxic towards Flacket. So for those of you who are not too familiar, Flacket is the bot lane AE carry for G2 this year. So he's technically a rookie. I I actually believe he performed very well, but you know, people uh, um athletes are people and people are people. There are days where you just don't perform. As you may know, G2 is knocked out like um 3-0 in the LEC Summer Finals. Um Rogue won that um that series and G2 just got tons of flack, tons of hate. And Kadrel is addressing those. Basically what he said is you had one bad series and people are blaming you for that series and just disregarding your nine other series out of ten that are just really really good just because you play bad in one series it's not fair you know towards yeah. a rookie as well and this is on the international on the international scene not just lck when you think it's back on bad on the lck you should look into lec and lcs it's just it's easier to mask because you know, like people can just ratio you back or you just be a chat and you're like, hey, you, your words don't touch me. But it actually still hurts, you know, it's, and it's unfair. Okay, I have to mention this. What happens is cases like Danny happens. Like that is that is towards the extreme. Like Danny, shout out to you, we love you. Like that, you, that, that is the case that happens because EG has been performing extremely well the whole year. As someone who doesn't even watch LCS or LEC, but I see that they have been, they have been winning. They get into playoffs, and of course, there are days when they are not performing so well. But out of all the team over there, they are the one who are getting in playoffs. They are the one who go through the qualifiers. Relatively to the league, it's their league. They are performing well. So I don't know what happens to the point where EG fan feels like they are underperforming and put so much hate on Danny that these kind of cases happen. No, plus like in the case of EG, it's, you know, it uh, as you can see, it's just, they're being, it's, I don't know how to put this into words. They're being pushed against the wall and, you know, when you're under like so much pressure, it, you, it, it's kind of inevitable to have a mental boom. So and like I feel bad for Danny because even even when they announce that he'll be on break because he needs the break, people are still talking badly about him. It changed from how it changed from comments about his gameplay to comments about how he's from what I've seen how he's quote unquote weak. And it's just so unfair because, you know, he's still human. He's just 18. Like, say, same thing with Zeus. They're just, they're barely adults. And they're under so much pressure on just doing their job. The, the most that you can do is just be there for them. So it's just, you know, having to witness everything that happened. It's just, it's unfair. Yeah, that's why if you're listening... We hope that you're sending lots of love and support to the players, no matter which region you're supporting. Yeah, I guess it's something um, that we can address as well in 
you know, the realistic expectations of a fan, right? So yeah, we've talked about how extreme a fan can be, how, you know, we've been spoiled by our team's um, achievements that it became a privilege. And we're sometimes we're also carrying, if you're coming in as a fan from a different, I guess, um, field, say K-pop or maybe traditional esports, you're bringing along, um, I guess, some kind of habits from that fandom, whether it's fan demands or like you want more content, you want more stuff that you can collect. Sometimes these things, when you apply to esports, they're not realistic. They're not really applicable. You can apply them, and some companies are monetizing that. But it's not applicable in the sense that it doesn't produce a healthy environment to the players. So I guess in that sense, what should be the healthy and realistic expectation as fans that we should have you know, towards our, our supported teams? I think, um, okay, let's get into like the most basic one. Because I believe that internet is just social space. It's a virtual sh- social space. It's my belief, not just in a space where I'm a fan and I'm participating in fan activities, but also general online ethic. I think you have to have the same manners that you have outside as you have on the internet. So that is my stance on the expectations as a person who is posting and engaging in the fan fan activities, you should behave it as if you are participating in a, in a social activities in real life. So you should have manners. You 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 should be you should not be toxic. Yeah. That's um, it. Like in short in short you should not be commenting toxic. You should have manners. If you don't say you if you don't have the courage to say it to the player's face, you shouldn't comment it online. Um T L D R don't be an asshole don't be a dick. <laughs> if you have any, okay, you know the popular line: if you have not, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it. Please shut up. Keep it to yourself. No one cares. Plus ratio. Oh, L, L, the L, the L, the L. The L. <laughs> like you know, pretty much just don't be a just be a decent human being. If you don't want to be a decent human being then get off the internet because no one has the time and energy for you. That's all. Yeah. I guess for me, I feel like you just have to remember who you are and who the players are. Talking strictly about esports, there are fans who play the game, there are fans who don't play the game. game. Yeah. And if you compare them yourself to the player who actually plays the game and competing... You just have to trust that they know what they're doing because this is their profession. Going back to the definition of a fan, you're mainly supporting. Nothing you do can directly affect their decision. Also, as Maxi and um, Anne said, you have to put yourself in their shoe in a way. Yeah. Do you want these things to be done to you? And it- Are you comfortable with that? Is it going to boost your ego? Are you going to perform better? No, I, I, I don't think so. You don't want to receive criticism. You don't want to receive toxicity. And, you know, you don't want all this pressure on you. So act like what a fan should be. There are sometimes, yes, it's not fair. Sometimes um, it's not losing. It's not easy. But in the end, you, we have to be optimistic about things. And those optimism can actually 
you know, give a better impact towards our players, right? Yeah. And in turn, it shows a good example towards the other fans around you. Like, if you have something to say, if you can say it to the to their face, then say it. If you cannot say it to their face, just don't just don't put it anywhere. Keep it to yourself. Yeah, and let's let's talk about it in a social sense because being a fan is also about being in the community itself. Yeah. One thing I would like to say is don't freaking get keep there are new fans coming into esports every day, whether it be that they are the casual players of the sports and they have found out about the esports, or they could be a entertainment consumer, they could be someone who watch a streams, they could be someone like Maxi who got into the team itself because of their content. So there are all kinds of fans coming into the space. So just like how people always say don't get keep indie bands and don't get keep uh don't get keep movies. It's the same thing with esports as well. Some you become a fan at a certain point. You start somewhere and just be nice to a person who just came into the space and perhaps have not known the esport for very long or don't know the players be open-minded i guess that that is one of the really good things uh, really important things that i see that needs to be addressed because it's especially true for for t1 fans because a lot of them comes into the fandom through different means not true, not as traditional esports or gamers. So you have to be open minded about that, and you have to accept the fact that they are different. They they do have a different perspective on things, and just be courteous when you are interacting. Agreed. And like, who are you to talk about their gameplay when you can't even get out of plat? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. I can't even get out of bronze. Oops. <laughs> Me too, oh, but I don't I don't play ranked, so it's fine. Yeah. You can't you can't, you can't play way. low low elo. You can't play low elo rank in OCE. It's too hard. Too many bots, too many trolls. Yikes. Aram for yeah. win. Alright. I can't I I I can't play Aram simply because my pool is ADC only. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, reason the reason I play Aram is because I got it in improve my champion pool or else I would not be able to play the game. <laughs> yeah, but like for me it's like my champion pool majority of my champion pool only applies to Aram. <laughs> oh I I can't man. Like cause Aram is very hard to farm. Like go in, go out, go in, go out, die, go back, go in, go out, go in, go out. But you don't have to think about the macro of the map itself, which is yeah at least one thing of your mind. You don't need yeah. map awareness. Yeah, yeah, but my 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 micro disappointed me. <laughs> uh. But anyways, I think that's all the time that we had today. We actually talked quite a bit. So, uh, how was it, girls? What do you think? Did you enjoy? Just, I think it, it's mostly us ranting. We're like we yeah. were, we're like half swearing. And we're like and popped off and popped off today. Like, Professor, off. Professor, yeah, you change your IG into Professor or something. Professor An. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, maybe before we uh we close um this podcast, anyone you wanna give a shout out to? Um shout out to all my meetos out there and 
I actually have another podcast called Na Men. It's on Spotify. It's a fan podcast with a bunch of friends about LCS. So if you wanna listen to a fan podcast about LCS, and we had an episode about just purely simping on players. If that's interesting to you, maybe you should take a listen. All right, An. Anyone you wanna give a shout out to? Okay, let's go one by one. Okay, uh, let's give the. Let's give the first shout out to DRX Piosik because we did not talk about him, but he has been on my mind for the last few days because of the fact that it's relevant to the topic that we are talking about right now. That his he has not been performing up to a certain standards that people expect of him in this play-ins, but the fact that he persevere through the play-ins really resonate with me even through all the hates he has already persevered so firstly in the same case as what we have talked about please be nice i have seen really horrible things on reddit so if you are on there please don't contribute to the toxicity regard with regards to pioshik and really shout out to him for going through play-ins in such a valiant way second one Shout out to riots for not messing up planes because I I have been expecting something some some problems similar to MSI happening that suddenly something goes really wrong so at least they are doing okay and I guess shout out to all the teams that are going into group stage because it's really hype let's go yeah and let's go let's go LCK let's um, go LCK. Since okay. you mentioned Riot Games, uh, Riot, please let evil geniuses wear their Crocs. Thanks. <laughs> yes. Please. Let the guys wear what they want to wear. Yeah. Man, uh, I won't be surprised if EG gets like a Croc sponsorship next year. Possibly. I don't know. Because the amount of Crocs mentions with that team. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it got to the point that we call it the Crocs buff. My gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so... Yeah, just shout. So, so for me, um, just shout out to the LCK teams participating. Thankfully, we have all of our four four seats participating in groups, and just good luck to all of the players, to all of the teams from every region. I hope that you're going to have fun in Worlds. You know, perform the best um out of your region, and to all of our listeners out there, I hope you're enjoying Worlds, and I hope you're enjoying this podcast, and hopefully, we'll. See you in the next episode. Yeah. All right. So all the team okay. and the fans, GLHF. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Good night.